You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Yep. And welcome back to Talking Knicks. The boys are on cruise control. Uh, in the wrong direction, a six-game losing streak for the Knicks. Three losses this week. Happy Thanksgiving, everyone. We're going to talk about it. Julius Randle did some good, but do we like it? Dennis Smith Jr. had a good game. Is David Fisdale being fired right now? We're recording right after the game. There's rumors he's late to the podium. I am joined by GP Smoove, GP Sweaters, Greg Poon, and we're going to talk Knicks. Bum, bum. Give me something real like an ass with some stretch marks. Welcome back to Talking Knicks. We are, I don't know if we're running hot. I don't know if we're running emotional, if we're just like checked out. I, I think me and Gregory are about to spit some fire uh, the Celts just lost to the Celtics, four-point lead going into the fourth, nine-point loss going out of the fourth, uh, with just some like pathetic offense and just like so many. What are you doing? Um, those four turnover possessions could could be the end of Fisdale, um, Greggy. Before we get there, let's let's check in with some of the fun stuff. How are you doing? Ha- happy Thanksgiving. Gobble gobble. Thank you, thank you. I'm doing well. I had a good Thanksgiving. Saw saw a bunch of friends that you you don't see, so which is that's always good. Caught up with some people. A lot of my friends moved moved to uh, different places. Their parents moved away, so I hang out with ancillary friends now. Uh, now my ancillary friends are my main friends. Where did you Over guys did you guys go bar scene or did you hit up a house or what did you guys do? I went to a bar on. Uh, Wednesday went to Woodbury Brewing Company. Mm-hmm. Been Woodbury reminds me of my friend from IT. Been there, done that. One of my friends got cut off after having three three drinks just for no reason. Not because he's like too drunk. They're just like, it's enough out of you. That's pretty good. <laughs> and then he was mad the rest of the time. And everyone else was like, we're not gonna leave. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I've uh, I've been on both sides of that equation, and it's. Uh, it's a tough situation. <laughs> it is indeed. It's very funny when you're not the on the on that one side. It's, right. It's very funny. Yeah, I uh, I I've got well, I won't tell this. I've I've got a low moment story. I think I've told it on Talking Yanks before, but a guy cut me off in a snowstorm, and it was like the meanest I've been to a person in my life. I was to that bartender, um, so I'd rather not deep dive into that. The other one, um. You know my buddy Ken, not Ken that's on the podcast. Uh, one night we went to a bar and they just they just looked at him and they said no before he even got in there. <laughs> they just said we're not. They just said we're not serving you tonight. <laughs> the the direct the, the direct quote is you and you and Stonebridge and Milford. They're like you guys aren't meshing tonight. And he just goes okay <laughs> and he left. <laughs> oh, that's hilarious. That's tough. That's tough. Yeah. Big Thanksgiving with the fam. 
Good size Thanksgiving. We had a bunch, bunch of little kids there. My sisters got two. Robbie's got one. So they were all there hanging out. So. Dude, little kids. Other than that, it's good. Little kids are kind of crucial to the holidays. Otherwise, it's just yeah. kind of like, what are we doing? Yeah. It's, yeah, indeed. Like, we, I, we drove cross country with our dog for Thanksgiving. And I mean, he was basically the focal point of Thanksgiving. Like, I think. I think that was everyone's thought process because there's like no kids there. Um, and yeah, I'm like plus not a joke. I think I'm plus eight pounds right now just because I went work trip to road trip to Thanksgiving to road trip. So I'm just disgusting right now. So what period of time is that? That's like two weeks. It's like eight. 11 days, I think. Yeah. Good. Good for you. Yeah. I'm I'm not even mad. That's amazing. Yeah, maybe disgusting is a good transition to the Knicks. What are you feeling right now, Greg? We we just lost we just watched the loss to the Celtics. Everyone in the building including the Knicks, Celtics, everyone watching knew what was going to happen. It was the reason I tweeted out Knicks with a fourth quarter lead. And Mike Breen talked yeah. about it and he mentioned a little like psychological thing that, you know, you know, when teams get into this, it's tough to get out of it. And it's like, well, it's also because they're bad. But um, I, I, the Knicks weren't going to win that game. And that's yeah, that sucks, man. So I, I feel nothing. Okay. Yeah. You, just, you saw it coming. You know, uh, I think at one point the Knicks were in by four in the fourth quarter. And Bobby Portis had like a wide open three. And he missed. And then that was probably with like six or seven minutes left. And I was like, all right, that'll do it. We're not going to win this game. We're only winning by four with seven minutes left. Yeah. Couldn't imagine a team thinking that they were going to win with that lead. <laughs> right? A team, a team playing at home with a lead in the fourth quarter, and we're, we're skeptical they're going to win. And we were right. <laughs> we were, we were... They, they, lost, they lost by like a healthy amount. Like If you just look at the box score, you wouldn't know that it was a close game. Yeah. You'd be, be like, oh, yep, Celtics beat the Knicks by nine. It's probably a typical what you would expect but it wasn't Knicks were in it for a good for a good chunk of change the Celtics got their first lead in the fourth quarter like very late like under five minutes left first first lead of the second half in the fourth quarter the Knicks yeah the Knicks dropped to four and 16 I think uh I think we'll 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 take a baby step back because we'll we'll end up at this this Celtics game again let's uh Let's go through the week. I, th- I think uh, this should be quick. We only had three games. They're all losses, as you know. Um, I mean, the we start out in Toronto this week. I, I, I want to give a more positive tone. I can't. I mean, at least the Raptors are a really good team. They were 8-0 and at home after this game. Um, Knicks actually have a nice little first quarter. They have an eight-point lead, 29-21. to uh, they get blitzed in the second. Toronto puts up a 37 spot to the Knicks 17. Uh, the game's essentially over from there. Julius Randle with a solid performance. Um, R.J. Barrett with with what's becoming kind of an R.J. Barrett performance. He's getting his points and he's doing some other stuff, but the shooting percentages aren't there. The only other Nick in double digits is Trier with 10 in seven minutes. <laughs> um and yeah, I, I mean, if, if you're looking at the box score of this game, I mean, it's almost frightening. There's, Greg, you you know this, and and we've played this game a few times, but 
Um, I, I used to be really good at knowing where every NBA player went to college or high school um, just because I used to do like fantasy drafts and NBA video games and it would pop up, so I just put it to yeah. memory. I'm looking at some of the guys who would have been the third leading scorer for the Knicks in this game, and I'm, uh, I'm, I'm lost. Um, Terrence Davis, your your rookie shooting guard from Old Miss, he he puts up a 13 burger on us. Um, like M. 50. Miller, M. M. Miller. I'm not even. Oh, is he the kid from Holy Cross? I think I do know him. Malcolm Miller or something like that. Nailed it. Huge. Okay, I'm happy now. That's all I needed to do. Um, he put, impre- he, impressive. He he puts up 13. Uh, Boucher, I no relation to Bobby. Chris Boucher. Uh, from he's an or- Oregon guy, I think, right? Yeah, he's a duck. You nailed it. Um, I mean, yeah, th- those guys all had would have been the third leading scorer on the Knicks that night. I, Greg, <laughs> do, do, do you have an, anything on this game? <clears throat> Nothing good, but as, as you know, I was home for Thanksgiving. I told you this. I was watching the game with my parents in the room. Uh, my mom says something along the lines of, I just don't know how they could be so bad for so long. It just doesn't seem yes. possible. Yep. Laughter. It's like, yeah. When your mom understands, it's 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 really something. God, she's she's the best, and she's all over it. She's all over yeah. it. Yeah, it doesn't. That's tough. It's tough because you know how many Knicks games she's had to watch without caring. Right. Like I I don't want to be watching this, but I will because you're here. Almost sans context. Yeah. How about a shout out to all the all the moms of Knicks fans that have had to endure Knicks games in the background. Mm. Um, damn. Shout, shout out to the moms. Happy Thanksgiving to the mothers. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. We made our free throws this game. There, There's my positive spin. 20 for 24. We're a professional team. Um, so that's a highlight. Uh, 29% from three. Uh, meanwhile, the Raptors go 51%. Uh, Siakam's really good. Do, should we talk? do a tangent on him? I don't know. Another, I'll I'll go back to the game for a second. Okay. And during that second during that second quarter, when uh, the Knicks stopped playing basketball and remembered that they were the worst team ever, there was there was a play when uh, Julius Randle just had an open three and he just airballed it. Yeah. And my dad was sitting next to me, just died laughing. <laughs> so. Yeah. And so then, that's what made me laugh. And then uh, the game was over in the second quarter. After we were winning after the, by eight points after the first quarter. How's that even possible? Yeah. But it's the Knicks, and they did it. 37-17 to 17 in the second quarter. Yeah, I mean, that's... Uh, I don't know if unacceptable is the word. I mean, again, this isn't a game you expect the Knicks to win. You're, you're still hoping for something better than a 28-point loss. Uh, Knicks, <laughs> Knicks are 1-8 on the road now. Um, not that their home record is flashy. I'm um, trying to see anything else that jumps out in the box score. Um, not really, man. Um, like there's, I, like if I wanted to talk about a player's performance or something they did good. I mean, Barrett had three steals, four assists, five rebounds, and 16 points. So again, we're we're getting into this odd segment where the losing is starting to blind us from R.J. Barrett. Having an, a, a very impressive rookie season, 5 for 17 from the field, ain't good. Um, and then, yeah, I mean, 
DSJ with a bad shooting performance. Uh, he gets a couple assists and steals. I, I got nothing, Greg. I'll be honest. Yeah, nothing. Okay. There was nothing Nothing good happened in this game after the first quarter. And I, I think what actually has me excited, um, because now if, if you've been listening to the show, and you, you have been listening. Thanks, everyone. We, we appreciate that. Um, you're saying, hey, guys, you created one of the best segments in podcast history with who nawabed us this, this week. Um, and we've got candidates with uh Boucher, Davis and Miller. Oh no, my friends. <laughs> oh no. We go to the Illadelph, or excuse me, Philly comes to New York and we get nawabud by James Ennis the third. Uh he puts <laughs> up a 20 spot. <laughs> 9 for 9 from the free throw line, 3 of 4 from 3. Um and hey, th- this was a competitive game. Um you know, we, we host the Sixers. Uh, they were without their starting shooting guard. Sure, uh, we can move past that for now. Um, Simmons, 15-8-2. Uh, Embiid, 27-17. He's He can be fun to watch. And, yeah, I mean, we get a, a very Julius Randle stat line this week, 22 points and 10. Uh, Marcus Morris has a nice night. He goes for 20 and seven. Um, I don't know that the Philadelphia turns it on a little bit and the, the Knicks lose. I mean, I, I feel like I need to stop saying that after a certain point. Um, I, I don't know. I guess what's standing out to me right now, box score wise is the Knicks missed a ton of free throws. A lot of free throws. Um, they go 19 of 33 from the free throw line, 57.6%. I mean, that's <laughs> that's uh, past laughable. Like, I, I don't even know what to label that. Um, and on the other side, the 76ers go 32 of 40 from the free throw line because they're an NBA team. Sixers shot bad from three. Knicks had a chance to win this game, and they did not. Yeah. There's, there's, the Knicks missed a cup. I mean, they missed free throws throughout the whole entire game. But I know uh, Randall had a, had a free throw chance to tie it with about a few minutes left. Missed it. Made the first, missed the second. That would have tied it. Mitchell Robinson had a chance to, to make one, to make both and tie it. Made the first, missed the second. So it just didn't work. And then, I mean, also the refs didn't help us out down the stretch. I know Randall got called. For a foul, uh, fouling Ennis on a three-pointer when we were losing by one, when Ennis kicked his leg out. And if the Knicks yeah. had a challenge, they would have challenged it, and it would have been an offensive foul. So there's Ennis went nine for nine from the line. There's three points right there. And, you know, the Knicks, I assume there's some free throw shooting down the stretch. So that's, that's that's could be the game right there. Yeah, I mean, you you look back at all the free throws missed, and it's, I mean, it's absurd to a degree. And, yeah, I mean, the Knicks were... Uh, I think we were locked up at 87. Yeah, we're 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 tied at 87 with 251. <laughs> and again, you know, Knicks end up losing this game by six, which um, is is becoming a recurring theme. They go back and forth. Um, Tobias Harris uh, gets the extends the lead to five when he gets a layup, and then the Ben Simmons dunk is kind of the this game is hova moment. Um, Wait, I have, to, I have one more thing to say. Sure. So the Knicks, when they were losing 
and they got uh, Embiid to miss a two-point shot, and they got the ball back down four with eighteen with twenty-seven seconds on. They came down and they ran a really really good play. Okay. And they got Wayne Wayne Ellington a wide open three in the corner, and he airballed it. Yeah. But by, by a lot, he was wide open. There may have been some contact, but like after the shot happened, when he shot, it was wide open, and he airballed it. And he's like our shooter. Yeah, that's his I role think. on the team. And he, it was, I, I I would describe it as bad by airball standards. Ooh, those are kind of fun standards. Yeah, it's like oh he airballed it. It wasn't like that. It was like oh my god, that wasn't near the basket. Yeah, and again, an- another one of my favorite games we've run into this year. I don't know if it's a game or it's a it's a fake article I've threatened on writing. Um, is the if you if the Knicks played every team without their best player. So if you took away twenty nine best players, um, I I think Embiid is the Sixers' best player. But <laughs> in this game, they didn't have Josh Richardson. They're starting two guard. Um, really solid shooter, did some good stuff on the Heat. He's he's finding his role for them. And Al Horford didn't play in this game. So we're, I mean, they were missing two of their top four players, top five players um, in the garden. And again, down the stretch. And, you know, I, I said the Mike Breen quote before, and there's some truth to it because if we're thinking it, the players are thinking it, and that's a tough habit to break. But the way to break that is what, good basketball and that falls back on the on the guys and the coach yeah and another thing i'll bring up is that trier after his 10 points in seven minutes didn't didn't play i mean it's tough to to break the rotation but the 10.7 minute performance may be worthy of throwing him out there for a minute maybe i don't know it's uh and and i I when you got when you got ellington going off for zero points in 12 minutes Tough to, tough to take him out. Right, and this uh, this rotation situation um, uh, it has become such an interesting and weird topic that I like. I am so scared to, but I would love to pick like some some real NBA experts' minds on this because the the other story from this game, Greg, was that uh, Kevin Knox with the DNP coach's decision. Uh, sits the bench. Fizdale talks about how that's our best coach. We'll get there in a little bit. Um, but yeah, man, we're we're in this weird cycle where it's like we're losing. We we don't really know how to rate these players. I I think we we went through it with the talking Knicks guys, and we were talking about what our best closing five would be. And I think almost all of us had Dotson in it, and Dotson's a guy that can get a DNP on a given night. And it's, uh, I, I think all of us had Julius Randle not in it. So uh, still some weird times in Knicks land, but you're right. And and it's it comes back to, and I I, I, start, I need to start pulling up the, the Taylor Twellman uh, sound clip from when the U.S. lost. The, what are we doing? Uh, because Kevin Knox with a DNP and Alonzo Trier where it's like, okay, uh, you're right, Greg. I mean, Wayne Ellington, 12 minutes, zero points. Um, what is that doing us right now? Nada. Um, you know, uh, Taj Gibson has been one of the more settling players on the team, so I'm not putting him down. But 
All right, what what is supposed to be more important to the Knicks' future right now? Taj Gibson getting his 17 minutes or Kevin Knox and Alonzo Trier playing? <laughs> um, uh, the whole thing is a big mind fuck right now. Yeah, <clears throat> and it's tough with with the center position. The other thing about Gibson playing 17 minutes is that Mitchell Robinson fouled out in his 29 minutes, yeah. as as is tradition. So you got you'd have to roll. I don't know, Portis at center, I guess. Yeah. Which is fine. But it, the defense is just so bad. But it's so bad no matter who's playing center, unless it's Tosh. I mean, Mitch is good individually. He blocks a lot of shots, but he does a lot of jumping. Yeah, he's t- Tommy P. Tommy Piccolo has been all over that. Um, and, yeah, I, I'm still uh, – I don't know. I'm still reserved on Mitch Rob this year. I mean, he had the, the injury at – uh, right before the season, in the early part of the season, and uh, I don't know, like where we, uh, a couple of the guys were being tough on Mitchell Robinson for falling out, and he follows out in the Celtics game too. But uh, I don't know. I mean, if we're getting 29 minutes uh, out of Mitchell Robinson and he's falling out, I'm okay with that. In the Celtics game tonight, he plays 20. He follows out on the last possession. He almost didn't even need to follow, but. Um, still, his minutes uh, became restricted by by his foul troubles, and he he can leave you with some lame duck box scores that I I don't know have have me questioning him a little bit. Yeah, he does he does a lot of dumb stuff. It and almost in the Celtics. It, it the almost, Celtics game he had a moving screen where just like you know, just like don't do that. Just set a pick. And I I wonder. I wonder if Mitchell Robinson gets a pass because of the other Knicks we have to watch. Is that rude? Yeah. And the other thing, the other reason he gets a pass is because last year he was the only reason to watch the team for right. a, a significant portion of the year. Right. Um, there was no, zero other reason to watch than to see him play. Damn. Um, anything else on the Sixers game, Greggy? Uh, I hope not. Yeah, I don't. I don't think so. Um, Frankie Smokes. Frankie Smokes took 14 shots. He led the team. I, I think that is a significant piece of information. Um, that that might have been a first in Frank's career. He finishes with a 13, 13 points, four assists game. Hey, for the Frank bar we said earlier, that's pretty good. Yeah, and the starters played well for themselves. Randall Morris, Barrett, Neil Kina were all in the positive plus minus. It's only a six-point loss. Uh, bench didn't do too well, apparently, according to plus-minus at least. Looks like they got taken advantage of by a second unit featuring Embiid. Yeah, and that's uh, – yeah, that is interesting in hindsight. When you look at – yeah, Frank Frank Barrett, Morris, and Randall, yeah. I mean, that's what we're looking for. That That is kind of an interesting plot twist on this game that, that Mitchell Robinson – um, his 29 minutes are pretty ineffective. Again, you don't normally go against Joel Embiid on a normal night, um, but the goal for Mitchell Robinson is to be able to do that. Um, and then, yeah, yeah, yeah ah, like this, that noise, if you just heard me made that, if that made the podcast, was me being frustrated Kevin Knox didn't play in this game. Because maybe if you had Kevin Knox in Taj Gibson's role for 20 minutes and he gives you, you know, 12 points... Maybe we win this game, but alas, we do not. And I think that brings us to the Celtics game where uh, beforehand, you know, Fizdales has the quotes about Knox, how, you know, 
the the bench can be your best coach, learning from the pine. Uh, and Kevin Knox gets the start in this game. He ends up with a very Kevin Knox box score, 11 points on four of nine shooting, two blocks. Hey, um, and as we opened up with, the Knicks were in control of this game. Uh, they were making you believe and then believe to not believe. Um, and Greg, I, I think this what this comes down to, again, an- another kind of solid Julius Randle box score uh, all three games this week, surprisingly. Um and maybe surprisingly, it's kind of rude there. The 0 for 5 is tough from 3, especially with a couple of the 3s he pulled. Um, R.J. Barrett, like I mentioned, pretty inefficient, but the, the box score ain't that bad. Um, and Dennis Smith Jr., uh, he has a really nice game. 17 points, 7 assists, 2 blocks. He looked really athletic. He looked like he could get whatever shot he wanted, um, and then which, which he has been able to do kind of throughout his career from there it's just can he make the shot um and and he he did a good job of that tonight but like we mentioned uh the Knicks go just cold turkey that's not an Enos Canner joke um tied game and they just had four straight turnovers I, I think at the six minute mark so I'll I'll hand it off wherever you want to go Greggy well I'll go straight to those four turnovers yeah. you know it was it was a tie game as you as you mentioned uh, <clears throat> I think we were coming out of our timeout. Uh, Dotson got the ball and then just gave it to Jalen Brown. Or Jalen Brown just took it. Fast break layup. Celtics are up. Next possession. Uh, I think we got uh, our our mismatch. Um, Julius Randle's being guarded by Kemba Walker, but he's out at the free throw line, so he's not taking advantage of it. He gets the ball. Turns into a double team. Uh, tries to pass it. Ball just, you know, bounces away in a ruckus. Uh, RJ Bear gets called for an offensive foul, which you don't usually see, or a loose ball foul. You don't usually see when the ball's loose. Usually there's no rules at that point. But they called it on us. Uh, next possession, shot clock violation. Next possession, uh, Dennis Smith Jr. turns to pass it to Kevin Knox, who decides to cut it that second. And throws it directly out of bounds. Yeah. And that was four four possessions. And the Knicks went from winning by four to losing by nine. I believe it was a 15-2 run. I don't know if the math that's up there. But I know it was a 15-2 run, and I know they were losing by nine. So, bad. Yeah, and it's... Uh, I think uh, I'm going to give your brother Kenny a shout-out here. Um, Because we we were talking some different things about the offense, and Ken just stopped kind of mid-conversation. He goes, what is the offense? (laughs) Um, That's that's a great question. Um, Because there there were a couple sets in that fourth quarter where it was just, um, I think there was one late where it was just Dennis Smith Jr. I I don't think he passed it. I think he had the ball for about... um, 20 out of 24 seconds on the shot clock. He ended up <laughs> making the shot. Um, it, it was kind of when the game was out of reach. Um, and yeah. there, there was one before that. I, I It might have been in that, that four-possession streak there, but um, there was one. I, th- I think it was just R.J. Barrett. He got one screen up top, um, and then the screener was like, do you want me to come back? Neither of them knew. And three players did not move on the play. You had two guys in the corner and one on the wing. There was never a screen. There was no baseline stuff. And it's, I mean, for me, it was just, 
it was kind of an eye-opening moment because I feel like I've seen so many possessions like that throughout the past year, 10 years, um, you know, two decades. Yet I feel like if that possession happened for the San Antonio Spurs and this was talking Spurs, we would do like a 10-minute tangent on it because we'd be like, whoa, what the hell was that? I've never, <laughs> I've never seen that before. And it's... I mean, it's just frustrating, and I mean, is it, is it all Fizdale? Is it, is it the guys? Is, is, is the truth somewhere in the middle? I don't know. I don't, I don't know either. And it's always tough. One problem we've always had in crunch time is we've always been saying like, who is the guy? And today, Marcus Morris wasn't even playing, and I think we've decided more or less that he's he's been the guy in our, in our, you know, as much as we've needed the guy in our, all of our losses. Uh, but he was the guy against the Mavericks, which is which was one thing I remember. But that was the one, the closest game that we won. Uh, and he he he'd been our go-to, he's been our best player. I think most people would agree with that. Uh, and he was out today, so you have him out. And I think most people would think Frank is a closing lineup kind of guy at this point as well. And so you're missing two of your closing lineup guys right there. So this was just, you got Dotson in, who we just found out can't dribble. Uh, yeah, Dennis Smith Jr., who was, you know, he was having a good game, but he's not, uh, he's, he's just, he was tough. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Dennis Smith Jr., was, he, was, he was getting to the rim, but it wasn't. When the Celtics started to lock up, you could see, like, coming out of one of the timeouts, Brad Stevens said, "Like, all right, let's like actually play defense," and then the the pressure just got to the next players, and they just couldn't do anything. Yeah, and I, I think what you ran into there, Greg, is like you you start looking for reasons and things to point at, and it uh, another thing that's just tough is like the Knicks won this game for three and a half quarters, like yeah. like straight up. So then you know, and those last six minutes are basically a disaster. So I mean. You know, is is it pointing to Randall? And you know, he 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 was going ISO a lot when the Celtics kind of took that late lead. And it, you heard Mike Breen say, like, I, I think we need to start shooting threes. Like we're down, <laughs> you know, we're down nine with a minute left. Like it's it's nice, Julius. But um, and and yeah, you you are right. I mean, Marcus Morris. And again, we we did our Thanksgiving episode, and and what I said we needed to be more thankful for was his shooting. Because you're right. I mean. If this game played out how it did, I mean, Marcus Morris would have been taking a lot of the, a lot of the final shots here, and Frank would be on defense, uh, ideally helping do something to Tatum and Brown. Brown goes off 11 for 18, 28 points. Uh, Tatum puts up a 30 spot. The the rest of the Celtics were fairly contained, um, and it it just sucks. It just sucks that you look at the last six minutes of the game and be like, we we never had a chance when. A lot of teams should, and I, I, I think another good thing that Mike Breen pointed out during the broadcast, uh, you know, the Knicks had a chance to extend this lead. The Knicks had a good chance in the third quarter. They had the momentum. R.J. Barrett started missing a couple free throws after I think he was 7 for 8. I think he missed three straight. Um, you know, the Knicks kind of could have stretched this out to a double-digit lead, 
Uh, and then a couple missed free throw, a missed shot, and then the Celtics hit a couple to end the third, and, and you're looking at a, a two-point game when it should be 12, and that's when it goes into the psychological mode where it's like, oh, boy, here we go. Yeah. Yep, it's tough. And, again, that psychological mode is, is who is the guy down the stretch. And we coming into the year, we wanted it to be Randall. And like I mentioned during that four-turnover stretch, there was a there was a point when Kemba was guarding Randall, but he got it at the free throw line, and he just as soon as the double comes, Randall is not handling the double well all the time. I mean, sometimes he does, which is what makes it more frustrating. But usually, he just does what Julius Randall does. So so let's let's dive in a little bit, Greggy, because I. I think Julius Randle should be the main topic. Um, Frank does get nicked up. He it says they said it was his back. They said he was questionable to return. And I think it's kind of funny. It's what I was talking about when I when I talked about the Knicks depth before and like how how you react to that. When they said Frank was a maybe to return, I was like, what's the decision here? Like just just play the next guy. Like we don't you know play Dotson, and that's what they did. Um, not to be rude to Frank, but I mean it, it's not worth risking him uh to go out there after having a back injury um and Alfred Payton uh might be close to returning they they said he's been playing it'll be interesting to see if he can add a dynamic he was someone that I was excited to watch coming into the season I feel like I've lost almost all that luster um but back to Julius Randle Greggy he uh he has a solid week <laughs> um I mean uh, against the Raptors he goes he goes 19 and 8 um two turnovers uh so it's like okay 7 of 14 from the field you know kind of a a solid i guess what we'd expect from Julius Randle he goes 22 10 four assists also four turnovers but a, a solid shooting performance uh 13 attempts from the free throw stripes against Philly and then tonight he opened up really hot i th- i think he faded a little later in the game but he finishes uh, 26 and five. Uh, he goes to the free throw line 13 times again. The 0 for five from three is kind of crushing. Um, I mean, do we just have too bad of a taste from Julius Randle's start of the season, or in you know, I like what would we be saying if we won the Celtics game? I feel like we'd be saying a lot better stuff about Julius Randle, and it's not his fault. He we he, we lost. Like the whole team collapsed. Yeah, you're right. And like you said, he was hot, put him in the game. I know the Celtics like to play Marcus Smart on, on the big men, so they tried to do that, Marcus Smart on Julius Randle. But Julius Randle plays like a like a man, and he was that just didn't work. Marcus Randle, Marcus Smart can't guard Julius Randle. You know, he could guard Chris Stapps, but he can't guard Randle. Ooh. So, no, I, I mean, Breen was saying that, and that's not even from me. That's from Bree. Yeah, and it's it, I kind of what you're saying is like if if you're Bobby Portis and you run into Marcus Smart, you're like this kind of sucks. Like I got this little <laughs> muscly guy just jabbing into my hip. Uh, Julius yeah. Randle, I mean he's he's as thick, and <laughs> so it's it's kind of a great matchup for for Julius. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah, and he was hitting like turnaround jumpers in the lane uh, early, so he was looking good. But the zero for five was tough. From three, because then he was he was getting like open threes, and then he wasn't even shooting those. And then, you know, you, you can't he doesn't have a reliable jumper. 
But like sometimes he does. He's just a very frustrating player because sometimes you're like, you're wide open, shoot the, shoot the jumper. But then other times you're like, you're wide open, don't shoot the jumper. You never know what you're gonna get from him. And like in this game, even you're, we're saying like he was very good, but he was also over five. So, you know, part of his game was working. He had, it was good inside, but bad outside today. Because I mean, if he's over five outside, that means he was eight for eleven inside. Which is really good. Yeah, and he, he's getting to the free throw line a lot. His last two games, 13 attempts per game. I, I, I know we like that. I mean, you, you have to bury him at a high clip. But, I mean, his last seven games now, I think he's averaging. Let me see if I can do some quick turkey math because they don't have this game in there yet. Um, but he's averaging over 20 points. Um, he's, he's settled in a little bit. Um, but, yeah, I, I'd say over, over the past – over the past seven games, he's averaging twenty and seven, um, and he's 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 stopped turning it over like crazy. I mean, the turnovers are still a thing. Um, I I don't know. Like, it is it like are the are the terrible three point shots just blinding our whole outlook? Because he's kind of doing what we asked, right? Yeah, yeah. I think the the the, the bigger thing blinding our whole outlook is is the losing. Because you know when you're four and sixteen. I don't, I don't think anybody's doing a good job. Yeah. That's what the real problem is. But, I mean, yeah, he's been posting stats and doing well for himself. Um, but I guess it is it is a team game unless you got LeBron on your team. And uh, we do not. So it, it's tough to, to single out somebody who is supposed to be the star leading you to victories and, and say they're doing a good job. Like with Frank, you got such a young guy. He scores 10 points, and we're like, oh, yeah. This guy's amazing. <laughs> yeah. But Julius Randle, he puts up 20 and 10. We're like, what's this guy doing? We need him to do more. So, I mean, he, he's, put a, he's had a, a tougher standard, but he's also our highest paid player. The, the guy we gave multiple years to this offseason. And he's not the best player on our team. Marcus Morris is probably. And he's been frustrating throughout the year. So, it is a lot a lot to do with how he started the year and how difficult he was to watch to begin. But he has been good. He's been, he has been better. And it, it is tough because he, he had one three that I specifically remember rimming, out, rimming in, rimming out pretty hard. Um, and, and yeah, the, the six games leading up to tonight, he was shooting 40% from three on four-plus four attempts per game. So it, it seemed like he had that going the right way. Again, maybe – Maybe tonight becomes the outlier, but with how he started this season, um, and it, it just doesn't feel in rhythm. Like his his three point shots there, that's not what a shooter looks like. Like there's no other way to say it. And you know I, and and when I say that, believe me, when I shoot threes, it's not what a shooter looks like as well. Um, but that might even make me more qualified to speak on it. Um, but I I don't know. I I think we're seeing more signs of life from Julius Randle. Um, hopefully he keeps trending upward because there, there is a world where he's starting to play better basketball um, than what he did to start this season. So that's, I, I, get, I guess that's a little bit of a positive spin there. Um, God, Greggy, what? Oh, an update from our, uh, a friend of Talking Nicks, Jonathan Macri, he said that Fizdale and Cantor had a nice hug in the hallway. So, um you know, when Cantor hits free agency, maybe we'll have a shot at him. I don't know. Um, good relationships with players. That's why we brought him in. 
Um, I don't know, Greg. What what other topics are there? I mean, Dennis Smith Jr. had a good game tonight, but he also had an awful game this week. Is he a conversation? Is it all eyes on Fizdale? Where where are we at? I don't know. I, I just don't know what to talk about because it it feels like the same thing every week. You know, when when you're if you're bad, you're bad. Yeah. I mean, Knox is a big is a big talking point, but he's been a big talking point because he started to fade out of the rotation a while uh, or a couple weeks ago, and he's slowly been going down until he got all the way down to a DNP CD, which is is crazy. That shouldn't happen. Yeah, I guess where where do you stand on that? Because I was uh, shower thoughts today when I was in the shower. Um, it was during halftime, and Knox Knox looked decent, and I was like, you know what? Good. It's a good thing Knox looked good this game because Fizdale can get up there and be like, hey, you know what? He, you know, you you guys don't see what it goes on at practice every day, and we wanted to teach him a lesson, and he'll he'll come out and be more aggressive. I look back at this game. He had one. He had one nice and one that it was like, "There's the aggression we're looking for." But that was kind of <laughs> it. Um, otherwise, this this has been the Knox box score we've seen all year. I mean, he was four of nine, eleven points, five rebounds. He had two blocks, but they were, I mean, they weren't good defense blocks. They were the guy had no idea he was behind the blocks. Um, now he blocked Kemba. On uh, Kemba tried to float it over him. He got it. That was a good block. But, I mean, that was also Kevin Knox guarding Kemba. But yeah, that's Kevin Knox guarding Kemba. Yeah, hey. Usually, we'll take that. We'll take that. And, I mean, plus you, you you don't see that from Knox. I, I assume he's not averaging very many blocks at all. Yeah, I, I'm just in a tough spot with it mentally. Because, like, I guess if it was a coach we trusted, if this was Greg Popovich and he benched Knox for a game, we'd probably be sitting here and be like, I love it, Pop. Let him learn his lesson. You know, Knox Knox has to realize, you know, now's the time. He's got to lock in, and once he gets his next opportunity, take advantage of it. With Fizdale, I feel like we have such a bad taste in our mouth, never mind everything else that's going on with him right now, that the press conference that had him fired a couple weeks ago and just the Knicks losing. Um but I, I guess, is this an extension from the Frank stuff last year where we were just like, yo, dude, Frank knows he has to be better. Just play him. Um, like, I, I don't know. I just don't think Kevin Knox is going to get the life lessons he needs from a one-game benching against the Sixers. Yeah, but maybe he would have been benched again today if Marcus Morris wasn't out, you know? And then, the, the like, I'm not entirely against the benching because Knox has been bad, and... um I think a lot of it has to do with effort, you know. Yeah. A lot of Knicks fans say that. I've I've seen people say that they don't even know if Knox is they've ever seen Knox break a sweat, which is funny, because you know he he doesn't he doesn't run. I mean he's been better on offense running around, but on defense he's he's a revolving door. Uh, you just get right past him. But Fizz hasn't put him in positions to su- succeed on on defense as well. Because like when R.J. Barrett was out, he just started him at shooting guard, and that went terribly. I mean, it's just very difficult when you're four and sixteen to pick out any positives and to figure out who's to blame. I mean, the coach definitely has a lot to, to do with the four and sixteen start, so we have to blame him for. Like you said, we can't just be like, "Oh yeah, he's probably making the right decision." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, and it's. 
Gibson, Taj, my guy, has the only positive plus minus. Four steals for Taj Gibson in his 20 minutes. Um, yeah, man, I, I don't know. I just think, I, again, I don't know if it's old school or dumb. And again, like this this is something on Talking Yanks that, that normally I take my foot off the throttle a little bit because who knows what's happening in practice. Like if, if Kevin Knox is giving lackluster effort in practice for these Knicks, then yeah, like bench his ass. But um, I, I don't know. Like I, I think he needs a little bit more in the fire, and, and maybe it's a one-game thing. Maybe we look back and we totally forget it. And he does get the two blocks tonight, and maybe that's like something to build on. Um, but I, I don't know, man. Like he, he needs to be out there playing NBA basketball. That's how you get better. That's a very proven formula. Um and and I just don't know. Like, yes, he's got a couple sad defensive moments out there, but you know, try to use use those as examples, show him and learn from it. Because um, meanwhile, uh, some of the defensive rotations today, I mean, Clyde was getting uncomfortable calling the game. Like, and and again, it's it's one of those. And I I guess this is my my focal point of the conversation tonight is. <laughs> When do you point at the players and when do you point at the coaches? Because, uh, you know, I wanted to yell at Fizdale about those defensive rotations, but I, I don't know, Greg. Like, I, I think you and I know defensive rotations decently, and a, a lot of it's just effort. If, if you see that guy switched off the other guy, get over there and guard someone. And the Knicks aren't doing a great job of that at, at all. Yeah. And the defense has been bad all, all season. So, I don't know. The rotation is just everybody just running around. It doesn't look like they know where to go. They're just like, oh, there's an open person. I guess I'll just go run over there. <laughs> it's my turn. Uh... Yeah, exactly. It's like a third third grade defense. God. That's tough. Fire everyone. Um. Let's see. Any any stats of no? I don't think so. Um, do you have an award? Do you want to give anyone on this team an award? Not a good award. I have an award. Okay. You you go more, first. It's more out of... Mine's out of disdain. Ooh. Than, <laughs> All right. We're going rather. there. Good. But I, I've had this... I, I, I've, I've been pretty vocal about Wayne Ellington, Wayne Ellington throughout, the, throughout the season, but... You gotta go. This guy needs to not be on this team any longer. Yeah. He needs. He just needs to not be an option for Fizdale to put into the game. That's that's where we're at. Well, that's where I'm at with him. I've been. I know for a while he was out of the rotation, sitting on the bench, and then he came in, had a decent game one time, and then somehow got himself back to the rotation. Maybe it's orders from above to try to give him some trade value, but the Knicks overpaid him. He's making $8 million this year. You're pretty much only going to be able to trade him for probably a, a $6 million contract of someone who does, doesn't know how to play basketball. That's, that's I guess he's he's worth probably $2 million in my, my head. Or no, that's no, based it, on nothing, though. No, it is. Aren't there those, aren't there those trades out there that it's like, yeah, this – you know, you get a pick, a second round pick if it falls between fifty five and sixty. If, if not, <laughs> you get nothing. Like that feels yeah. like the Wayne Ellington trade that's coming. Yeah, top fifty five protected. Um. Yeah, and like this week, 
Uh, we talked about the air ball against the uh, the Raptors, but the rest of the week wasn't much better. Is is the problem? You know, he's supposed to be our shooter, and he just isn't our shooter. Yeah, you don't, you don't. He's not a reliable three point shooter, and he's taking crazy three point shooters. He's shooting threes like he's Cal Corver or JJ Redick. Is the problem, and he's Wayne Elk. Like before, he was on the team. I don't think you pictured of him running around screens and then as soon as he gets the ball, he throws it at the hoop. No. That's not how I pictured him. I was like, all right, he, he's a guy who can get an open three and make it. That's what I thought. But he just is running around and shooting before he gets his feet set and just firing away. And it's like crazy. It's like you you don't do this. Don't do that. And Am it, I right? It, it's bizarre, Greg. I'm I'm in his game logs right now, and I so this week he had six point zero points and two points, I, um, collectively two for ten shooting. There's an argument to be made that he's had four solid games this season, <laughs> um, and I'm giving him the benefit on two of those. Uh, so that's four out of fifteen games he's played. That doesn't count tonight. Um, what did he What did he do tonight? I'm I'm guessing two yeah. points on one for two. Yeah. Okay. So we won't we won't put that in the good list for now. It's I don't get it. This guy was <laughs> a solid NBA player last year um, for Detroit in the Heat. Like I I want to bring up. Uh, all right, now I'm getting into his last year game log. This guy had six 20-point-plus games last year. Um, he had 26 double-digit games last year. Um, he currently has two, by the way. And I don't know, man. It, it's it's one of those things that I, I'm just struggling with mentally because... What did we say before the preseason? Like, okay, this guy's a proven guy. He's going to make his three-point <laughs> shots. He'll be out there. And he's clearly not, but is that because he's with the Knicks? Or did he get old overnight? Or I just don't know. Like, I, I cannot explain it. I guess you just don't have a good offense giving him good looks. But the thing is, he's he's taking shots when he doesn't have the good looks as well. So it's, it's everybody's fault. And it's... I, I put a lot of the blame on him because he takes crazy shots. <laughs> yeah, and is that is that what's being coached? I have no idea. Um, but so yeah. our shooter, our shooter is shooting thirty one point eight percent from three this year. Our designated shooter, career thirty seven point eight percent. And yeah, it, it, a- it, it ties into my theme of today's episode. What is it? Is it that the teammates around him aren't putting him in as good as positions? Is it the coaching? It's, you know, again, the answer probably lies somewhere in the middle, but his stat returns are not in the middle. <laughs> they are at at the bottom. They're, are they – okay, here's a fun game. Are Is this season as bad as Wayne Ellington's ever been? Um, Has to be. Yes, yes. Um, yeah. looks- it looks like 2015-16 in Brooklyn he shot – basically 39% from the field during the season. Um, 
yeah, this is his worst three-point shooting percentage, his worst two-point shooting percentage, um, and his worst free throw percentage. So it's like, what's what's happening? What is happening? <laughs> uh, God. It seems to be going around. Like Julius Randle last year was much better. His, his efficient, efficiency was much better, at least. I don't think I can talk about Wayne anymore. Um, Me neither. I'm sorry about the award, but I, I just had to get that off my chest. Uh, December 15th is the day when people who were signed as free agents in the offseason can be traded. God. So... How many games? Somebody on the Knicks. Somebody on the Knicks has to go. And you, you sent an interesting stat about the trade deadline. Yeah, I won't. I won't. I won't take full credit for it because it was. It was just. Uh, I think it was a Reddit post. But this is the longest the NBA has gone uh, without a trade since like the '80s or, or early '90s. I forget. Um, I think it's a ni- 1968. Okay. Yeah, the '80s. Like I said. Uh, <laughs> and uh, yeah, if you if you don't know in the NBA, I think the free agent signed this year can be traded by the 15th is that what you, is that yeah. what we said yeah. yeah um so it'll be interesting um you wonder uh, you wonder what things are going to look like like i i genuinely thought there was a shot that Fisdale could have been fired after today's game um uh and again the schedule doesn't get much easier um and we'll we'll see how these guys are healthy and what they look like and w- what's their true value i mean like we said Wayne Ellington uh, we're not getting something back for him, um, and and yet there's a chance a team could use him and he could play well for them if if they have an offense and teammates. Um, damn, damn. Um, who wants Randall? No, 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 no. Uh, Randall's Randall's turning it around, baby. It's just it's Titanic style. You gotta. It takes a while to move that ship. Um, I think I think my award, and I'm. I'm going to have to talk myself through this a little bit. I'm going to give the the Katy Perry Award, um, one of my favorites, because uh, he's hot and he's cold. He's yes and he's no. Uh, he's in, he's out. He's up and he's down. Um, I'm going to go Dennis Smith Jr. Um, Dennis Smith Jr. gave us a good game tonight. Um, that <laughs> that good game meter I just made up for Ellington, which which became pretty sad. Uh, it, Dennis Smith Jr., he's, tonight was his 13th game. Um, it's looked like he, he's had about five or so good games in that stretch. I mean, a couple of those games he didn't really play at all, and those first games of the season were spooky bad, so I don't, I'm, I'm not even going to talk about that. Play something spooky. Um, I don't know. Uh, Dennis Smith Jr. was kind of the forgotten guy this offseason. Like, whenever we talked about the Knicks, we were like, all right, R.J. Barrett's coming. What kind of growth are we going to see from Knox and Mitch Rob? We signed all these free agents. Dennis Smith Jr. was always kind of at the end of the conversation, and it's like, oh, yeah, this this guy was like a piece we got back in the Porzingis trade. He has a weird start to the in- season via injury and then via family stuff. Um which again, I like I'm not not gonna harp on the guy for that at all. He had some really weird and and ugly games tied into that a little bit. He's had a couple good ones, and when he looks right, like it looks really cool. Like I, I saw you when 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 I said earlier, you know, he could get to any spot on the court he wanted tonight and get his shot off. Um, and it's kind of impressive. Like he he had a step back that had the guard and give a little oh, um, and then he missed it. But um. 
I don't know. I mean, what... Alfred Payton is supposed to be coming back soon, and he is strictly a point guard. Um, we're we're talking about Alonzo Trier not being able to get minutes when literally all he's done for this team is get buckets for the past year and a half, and <laughs> we just did our Wayne Ellington spiel. Um, I I don't know. I I don't even know what I'm looking for. Like, do I want <laughs> do I want Dennis Smith Jr. playing the 38 minutes? I think he played tonight. Um. I, I think in our ideal world he plays twenty five electric minutes and he he puts up like a a twelve and six spot, but I, I I don't know should I expect more should I expect less should I have no expectations, what do I do Greg? Yeah, you you don't know what you're gonna get with Dennis Smith Jr. and like you said that start of the year was like bad. I mean yeah that's like he, that's thrown out. Yeah, so now now we're. That that's part of the problem though, because he was so bad that we were like, all right, we gotta, we can almost give up on him. He doesn't even know how to shoot, like form wise, not even making it wise. Yeah. Uh, but now, now he looks he looks significantly better. I know he's had he had a few of those like uh, Derrick Rose layups where you're going up and under with the reverse today, or at least one. Yeah. So that counts as that counts as a few in my head, <laughs> just based on based on what I've seen from the team. You gotta really hold on to those highlights, but you know, like you said, he was he was moving well, very very fluid, fast, looked good, looked like he's capable of stuff. This is the athleticism he's shown throughout his career that you know if he puts it together, you, there's something there. So I don't think he's ready for the 38 minutes per game there to be the lead guy, but you know, like you said, he he could fit into like a Markel Fultz role right now. Maybe get a little revival like him. I know Fultz is bouncing back a little bit in the magic. So hopefully we can get that going. Um, it's, just, it's just tough with Frank because we want him to get his 30 minutes. And then you said Elf Payton's coming back. Trier's sitting on the bench. It, it There's just too many mediocre players on this team. Yeah, and you, uh, like we said, with that free agent kind of trade approval line being coming up. The Knicks really do need to do something because I, I think I found, you know, we 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 talked about who nawabed us this week. Um, again, shout out to James Ennis III. Um, good, good for you. We'll send you the trophy. Um, how many guys on a given night know what their role in the game is going to be? Um. Like I, I think Julius Randle does. He's he's gonna play thirty plus minutes, get some shots, get some rebounds, um, pretend you're playing defense. Um, R.J. Barrett, I, I think he's pretty firm. He's he's gonna be on the court a lot. He's gonna handle the rock, um, you know, shoot, do 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 everything. So I think we've got two there. Um, Ta- Taj, Taj, he knows what he's doing. I think you're absolutely you right. Twenty minutes of. You know, just solid basketball. 15, 20 minutes, set some screens, grab some boards, make an open shot, make an extra pass. I, again, I have no complaints with Taj Gibson. Uh, so we got three right there. Um, I I think you could give a half point to Frank of late. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Frank's Nowadays. been Frank's been getting some decent minutes and playing defense and do something on offense. 
That's a half point. Um, again, we'll see Alfred Payton coming back. Marcus Morris. Marcus Best Morris when he plays. Okay, so I guess it's more guys than I thought coming in. I mean, but but that's we're not even talking about like you know who's going to be the stars. We're just talking about who's going to like play and do anything. A lot of these guys don't even know if they're going to play ten minutes. So having five, four and a half people that you know are going to, and then I guess we'll give Mitch uh, Mitch one because you know he's going to play until he fouls out probably. Right, but that's, so that's he's, he's almost creating his own problem because he could be yeah. he could be limited to thirteen minutes if he's if he's fouling a ton. But you, so that's five and a half players that you like know are in the rotation, and you know they're going to do stuff. Uh, Bobby Portis is you know he led us to a victory against the Bulls for our first win. Played like 13 minutes tonight. And uh, you know, Bobby Boris has no. He's the second highest paid player on the team, <laughs> and we just have no idea what he does. I th- I think that's a great point, Greg. Because I I was actually going to give Portis almost a half point because you know he's going to come off the bench, you know, shoot a little bit, stretch four, stretch five. But you're right. I mean, in in 13 minutes against Philadelphia, he goes one of four, two points, two rebounds. That's all he sees the court when. <laughs> In these in these Knicks wins that are few and far between, two of them have been the Bobby Portis show. Um, so Bobby Portis doesn't know if he's going to be thirty minutes and running the offense through himself, or thirteen minutes and he might not see the ball. Um, Dennis Smith Jr. He has no idea on a given night if he's going to play the fourteen minutes he played against Philly or the thirty-eight he played against the Celtics. Um, Wayne Ellington, I just I told you guys I can't discuss it. Um, <laughs> Dotson's a guy who could get a DNP or I think he played 32 minutes tonight. Yep. Um, so he played he played a lot the last couple games. He's had he had a pretty bad plus minus in the last couple games as well. I think he was minus 20 against the Sixers and minus 11 against the Celtics. But you know plus minus isn't the tell all. But he also hasn't looked good to accompany those. Yeah, ten, ten, tonight was a little skewed because he probably doesn't play the 32 if Frank doesn't get hurt. I mean yeah. that's that's. That's a kind of a dangerous assumption from me at this point. Um, Alonzo Trier, I, you, if you're a Knicks fan, you don't need me to comment. Like, you, if he gets a DNP, you're not shocked. Oh. If he shoots 20 shots, you're not shocked. This was funny. Before the game when they were like, Marcus Morris is out with an injury. Kevin Knox will start, who didn't play last game. Yeah. That's just funny. I, I <laughs> so, mean, literally. That's the transition. Literally think about that. If any any sports team you've been on, and I've, I mean, again, a lot a lot of these memories go back to me being age thirteen or so. But there were sports teams I was one of the best players on, and there was a lot of sports teams I was one of the worst players on. And you kind of know what you're getting into. A um, couple of those basketball teams where I was one of the last guys on the bench is like, hey, if I get in there, I'm gonna play with my hair on fire for a couple minutes, give it hell. <laughs> cool couple baseball teams i was on when i was young i was like hey i gotta i gotta get two or three hits today and make some plays in the field these guys have no idea um and i i just think that's brutal like i i i want kevin knox knowing he's playing 25 to 30 minutes and he's taking 10 shots um uh, you know i alonzo trier i mean he's arguably like our most efficient scorer um as a as a combo guard coming off the bench, he's he's kind of electric. And like we just talked about with the defense, is the defense really a concern? Because the defense I'm seeing the Knicks playing is is not far away from what Alonzo <laughs> Trier does. 
you know? That's 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 true. It's just uh, you can't tell one guy that he's not playing because of his defense when you just watch all these other guys play defense and like, you see what they do. What is going through Alonzo Trier's head when he watches Wayne Ellington play? You know, it always reminds me of of when a pitcher, like, you take a pitcher out and then the, the reliever just gives up a home run and you just assume that the pitcher's sitting on the bench thinking, I could have done that. Yeah. <laughs> it, the old uh, the old pulling the starting pitcher. Yeah, man. I uh, I don't know. Again, I I I almost didn't want to do that. Well, I was surprised when we found five and a half rolls early on. Um, but again, like you said, I mean, Taj Gibson's fifteen minute roll that that shouldn't be too important to this next team. Um, so I don't know. Uh, again, I I hope there's a point we look back at this this season and we say hey the Ellington experiment was a failure um whether that was the Knicks or the players cool Marcus Morris hey we got a a late first that might turn into two seconds for him that experiment kind of worked and then maybe the second half of this season Kevin Knox is getting shots and Trier's trying to be the next Lou Williams or whatever's happening but right now I mean it's uh it just sucks to be a Knicks fan, man. Yeah, it's bad because you, you think, like, we we're playing all these guys and we're still 4-16. and 16. You have to assume, like, if we were just, if we didn't have any of these people who we were just doing this, the Warriors are, like, 4-16 and 16, they're just playing, I don't know, some random guys they found. They're playing, like, a gag team. <laughs> like, and so, like, our players, yeah, they, they would have to win eventually. It's the NBA. Eventually, you just make shots enough to, to beat the other team just by chance. And uh, ideally, we're going to be seeing that in the second half of the season. Hopefully, some of these guys are gone. Hopefully. I, I mean, I've hoped for a lot of trades in my life, but they didn't come. I know. The Knicks like to hold on to people for no reason. And, Greg, I, I like to be a pretty pretty positive cat. Um but I, I just I just realized what I walked into. I'm I don't know if I'm gonna call this the canter effect or whatever. But we watched Canter last year and it was kind of exciting, man. When Canter's right, like it's cool to watch. Like he's dominant. Um and we had some fun canter moments, but we all knew in the back of our heads, like, this kind of isn't doing anything for the team. <laughs> he's he's a he's he's a black hole on offense. Um, you know, nothing in his game helps these young guys at all, um, except he gathers their misses, so I guess that's something. He makes them feel a little more positive. Like, are is it going to be February? The trade deadline passed, and we're just going to see the headline, Knicks wave Wayne Ellington. And it's like, well, why did we give him 15 minutes a night that we could have been giving to <laughs> Trier, Dotson, uh. anyone? I could see that. And that's happening. that's horrifying. That's horrifying. Yeah, I could definitely see like a couple of these guys getting getting waved. All right. But before I before I start cussing like a sailor, let's let's start to tie a knot on it. Hey, sailor knot, is that a joke? I don't know. Um, Greg, three games coming up this week. At Milwaukee and then hosting at Milwaukee tomorrow. So a back-to-back road trip game playing the best team in the East. That should go well. Um, 
and then we're hosting Denver and hosting Indy. Um, do we do we need a win this week? If if the winning streak gets to nine, um, like we're entering red alert for Fizdale and just LOL Knicks, right? Yes. Um, we would we would like to win a game this week. That didn't sound like a favorable schedule to give us one. Uh, I don't think we're going to beat the Bucks. I don't think we're going to beat the Nuggets, another one of the best teams in the West. Uh, so you're really banking on beating the uh, the Pacers, who are who are solid. They've been pretty good this year. But, I mean, the Knicks could beat them, but the Knicks could also lose to everybody. So Greg, it's, give, it's give hard, me hard to predict. Give me the one thing that I need to be excited to watch. I mean, is it? I mean, do we just say Giannis and Jokic and keep it moving, or do we say like, is is it to see if a fire's been lit under Knox? Like, I, I, I don't know. Normally, I have one thing that I come in and I'm like, oh yeah, yeah, like that. That'll be good. Maybe we'll get something going here. Um, yeah. Right now, I don't know. Is it is it Mitch Rob? I mean, if, if Frank's not injured, I think it's always it's it's been Frank for a little while. Yeah. This season, um, hopefully Mitch Rob. You're just waiting for it to click with Mitch Rob to just like stop doing some of the stuff that he's doing, but he doesn't. And hopefully, it clicks eventually. But I don't know. Knox. Man, he, I mean, he... I I just watch, I watched Knox, Barrett, Frank, Mitch, and just hope they do better. He might have an interesting week coming up, because um, he he went against Embiid and he got he got beat up pretty good. Um, this Celtics game, I mean, you walk away, he got six and five and twenty minutes while falling out. Eh, I mean, is he gonna have to guard Giannis for a little bit? Is, is I I mean, is he gonna be on Lopez? Um, and then after that, is he gonna have to guard Jokic? Like this might be a. Uh, uh, a learning lesson. Okay, so that's what I'm going to look for. How how Mitchell Robinson responds to playing <laughs> some of the NBA's best bigs, which should be the 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 guys in the league that challenge him. Yeah, that sounds good to me. I know he didn't do his best job against Embiid, but he lived. He survived. He was only minus one in that game, and I mean he's not built to guard Embiid. Life as a Knicks so. fan. Okay, um, can I leave us with? I, I'll leave us with one positive. Please. The Mavericks just beat the Lakers by fourteen. Fourteen. Okay. One fourteen to one hundred. Lakers were seventeen and two, best team in the NBA. The Knicks have beat the Mavericks twice, two and zero against them. And the Lakers are now one and one against the Mavericks. The, the one that they won, Danny Green hit a game tying three pointer with uh, under ten seconds left, and they won in overtime. So the Knicks. Maybe the worst team in the NBA, but they're better than the Lakers. Huge. The best team in the NBA. That's huge. Yeah. Um, God. It Significantly been, better. would have been so nice to have one of these Celtics games. Um, Greg, we did it. I mean, we, we cleared an hour um, talking about these New York Knicks on a six-game losing streak. Um, if you like the Knicks this much that you also listen to this, go leave a review. Leave a review Poppy Gordo will throw you a shirt. We threw up a couple talking Nick shirts. I'll uh, I'll hook it up, leave a review, and be like, "Hour eight minutes. No idea how I did it. Shirt me, and I'll 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 make it work." So, <laughs> thank you guys. 
And until next time, I think we got Tommy and Ken coming on the midweek episode. And uh, they'll be around. And let's, let's go, Knicks. Let's go, Knicks. Yeah. Let's go, Knicks.